The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the 2020 and 2021 of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who told us nothing would be different. Josh, how how are you doing, man? <laughs> Everything is fine. Uh, <laughs> nothing has changed. <clears throat> at least at this point last year, nothing had happened yet. I mean, something had happened, but not to us. <laughs> right. We were still living our lives, going outside, hugging strangers, kissing them on the mouth, handshakes. <laughs> well, got you. all do things different in Massachusetts, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's... Definitely. We got a turtle boy here. We got a guy riding a turtle. We're kissing each other on the mouth everywhere we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So <clears throat> I'm definitely the 2021 of us, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Does that mean that you have the, still the potential to be good? You're not just always a trash fire? We, well, I don't know. My 2021 has been rough already. <laughs> it has been. It's it only been, been 10 been. days. So who knows? Uh where we're headed but yeah just like last year we ha- we have the potential to be better we do we absolutely do <laughs> potential potential <laughs> i'm doing okay how are you doing i'm not too bad you know for dinner this evening josh uh i had a meal that i made that i had never made before and it's just really sitting with me it was really good i'm really kind of proud of the dinner i made tonight and that dinner was. And, and this, do you want me to just oh, not ask was, and just let people be like, "I wonder oh, what Kyle had for uh, dinner." It was a roasted pork loin. Ooh. And I have some good recipes for roasted pork loin, but usually I grill them. And I decided I wanted to do something in the oven today, so uh, it was just a roasted pork loin with a nice little like uh, apple glaze for it. And it was pretty delicious. I just you know had not had a new meal that I hadn't made in a while just really surprised me with how tasty it was. So I'm just kind of very delighted right now. Nice. With everything else going on being a trash fire, right. this food was pretty good. <laughs> that sounds good. I had pistachios for dinner, so I'm jealous. <laughs> I don't know that that's a complete dinner, No, Josh. it is not. A, it is not a complete dinner. <laughs> uh, sorry. I had full-time <laughs> three-year-old duties and then pistachios as a snack for dinner time. <laughs> Which is like when you give up, like it's the moment where you're like, <laughs> what do I do? I feed him. That's most important. And then what do I do? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I've given up. So I'm just going to have pistachios and beer. It was just whatever was in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> hey, you know, th- that there is uh, an appeal to the simplicity there, right? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't live on it. Right. But I mean, I'll take it for tonight. <laughs> I mean, could we not? I probably could. I guess I could. I feel like rich people back in the olden times probably lived on something similar to pistachios and beer. <laughs> when I eat pistachios, it just makes me think. Well, my dad always used to eat pistachios when I was a kid, and I've become my father. 
<laughs> now, which is, you know, it's a thing. Like, I I feel that makes me old officially, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I always find, though, that, you know, commercials in general, not a, a huge hit. Those commercials about the guy who is trying to teach people to not become their parents. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel a kinship to those commercials very, very often. <laughs> so... Yes. Yeah, I think that does mean you're a little old, but that's okay. You know, you've aged gracefully. That means you have more wisdom now. There's a lot of good things about getting old. Yes, you said it, not me, but I'll agree with you. <laughs> Other than, uh, you know, watching the kid all day as you do. Oh, which, by the way, uh, I have, not that I never look, but for some reason, the recent pictures you have posted of your son I'm like, my gosh, he has gotten old. <laughs> He's big. He's big, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened like three weeks ago or four weeks ago. I wasn't thinking that. But all of a sudden, all of your recent pictures, I was like, I I just can't believe how old he looks. Yeah, it really sneaks up and he acts and talks like a grown person, which he I know he isn't. But he'll say things like, like I don't even remember. He sa- says something. He asks you a question and then you answer and he goes, I... Uh, yeah, of course. And I'm like, <laughs> who are you? Where did you learn? Who says that? <laughs> Daddy, come look. Oh, it's it's Blaze. Yeah, it's Blaze. Of course. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Sundays are the long days. Twelve hours. My wife works twelve hours, so I'm with him from rise to bed. Podcast time. Yeah, to podcast time, and sometimes past that. <laughs> <laughs> depending on the day well you know yeah 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 but enough about my complaints <laughs> we'll have to have him as a special oh, guest sometime yeah he just kind of comes he just decides when he wants to be a special guest <laughs> <laughs> he just comes storming in yeah yep fun not stuff as, not as good as that episode the storming in of the person on the bbc no not as good as that i think whatever you have the helicopter thing we're yeah. talking about Predator, and he's like, helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, good weekend? Uh, y- yeah. <laughs> I don't even know anymore, Perfect. Kyle. <laughs> Time is just this construct that isn't uh, acting properly anymore. I don't understand it. I'm never on top of it. I don't know where it is or what it's doing. <laughs> but, I mean... Yeah, yesterday we did our gift exchange with my circle of friends. So we all dropped gifts off at each other's houses and, and exchanged gifts and then did opening of said gifts on a, a Google Duo call. And it was fun. We had a good time. I got these really cool... Um, people can't see, but you can see. I got a wooden element tracker and turn tracker for gloomhaven and then i got these um um spindles for the gloomhaven bad guys you put them on the thing and it turns and it has a health dial on it oh very cool so i was like one through 18 and then you have you can cover it up with what type of bad guy it is um so they're really cool i like them it'd be nice uh if and when i ever get to play gloomhaven in person with people again yeah, they'll, right. They'll oh. come very become very useful. <laughs> well, maybe soon, maybe soon. You know, people are on their second doses of the vaccine for those who yes. got it early. So we're we're getting there. We're getting there. I hmm, I know when I look at it and I read about how things are going in my state, it's still like 
May before I probably <laughs> will have a chance. But, you know, I guess that's not August, right? That's good. That's good. As long as everyone's getting it. And you're not just wasting your time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think that's yeah, actually happening. I know. But I don't want to be a, a negative Nelly about it, so. Yeah, we just have to hope that people start doing it when it comes around to the masses. Agreed, agreed. All right. Well, hey, you know what? We'll jump into the show. I'm going to forego the typical housekeeping just to point out something that, you know, I hope that you are able to participate in or help out in. You may have seen um, our social media accounts, especially if you follow us on Twitter, retweeting a whole bunch of things from both Thani and the PSVG Podcast Network that this coming weekend, January 15th through the 17th, uh, is a weekend charity stream to help uh, Nintendo guru uh, Bobby Pauls, who has been in the hospital, I believe, since November um, because of coronavirus. So he has been in the hospital since, I think it was actually November 1st, um, and has been fighting the virus this entire time. Things sound good. It sounds like there's been some pretty positive developments as of late, uh, but he still, you know, has a lot of bills and a lot of things that are going to come with this um, as he continues to to fight this and recover through it. Um, so again, January 15th through the 17th, a whole bunch of the kind of independent podcasters are getting together to do a fundraiser for him to help raise some money to help pay for those medical bills because, you know, medical <laughs> medical things in the United States are not cheap uh, and it is very expensive uh, to get sick. So the goal is to help he does already have a GoFundMe, so you can go ahead and find that. Uh, the link is, again, in many of the social media things we have retweeted. Um, but, you you know, if you have the ability to donate, we'd encourage you to if you can help out. Um, January 17th, so the Sunday, is pretty much going to be all just PSVG folks um, doing the streaming. Uh, we're not going to be doing any streaming that day, but we're obviously very supportive and we're going to be helping out and jumping in when possible uh, just because of Josh's schedule and my schedule. You know, as we just learned that Josh watches the sun for 12 hours on Sundays, <laughs> makes it a little tough for us to participate. But again, the 15th through the 17th is the entire event. Um, like I said, check out our Twitter if you want links to things. Uh, but if you're able, not able to donate, that's okay. If you could just spread the word, retweet the links, make sure we're getting the word out about that to help out Bobby Pauls. That would be greatly appreciated. So with that, Josh... Yeah. We are going to do our Metafall results today, but we're going to save those for an end. We're going to hit just a couple of quick other topics before we get to Metafall. Mm. And let me tell you, Metafall is pretty interesting this year. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But uh, Josh, what's your first topic this week? Hey, so if you were on social media uh, over the past week, you might have saw something interesting pop up where people were reporting the reason why uh, when you buy a Microsoft console, it still comes with batteries for the controller. Um, The rumor was that the reason why they do that is because they have a deal with Duracell to make all their controllers use AA batteries. So actually not a crazy rumor. Uh, very believable. Uh, it's it's a little weird that it would be Duracell specifically because you could put any old batteries in those things. But um, I, like, I actually bought right into it. It made sense to me because um, people kind of – like a lot of companies enter these these – deals with studios or companies where they'll they don't necessarily uh, look at the long-term effects of a deal and like maybe that Duracell's like hey let's just sign this 20-year deal (laughs) you put (laughs) you just have to use batteries oh yeah that makes sense we'll always be using batteries um so uh 
the clear has come out uh, and uh, has been clarified. It is not true. This is not a deal with Duracell. Um, a lot of people actually actually reported this, um, but Microsoft did come out and basically said, like, listen, we have always made the decision to include batteries because it gives gamers a choice. And uh, I can say, like, for me, there's definitely there's been times playing PlayStation that my controller has gotten the low battery warning. And then if you only have one controller, you unless you can plug it in like next to you while you're playing, you kind of just have to like, hey, pause the game and charge your controller. And when I used I, I almost have always had like play and charge kits for my Xbox. But I uh like back in the day when we were doing like multiple Xboxes together and playing Halo all day, like there's always a point where you have to stop, take out the plane charge kit, put it on the dock, and then put AA batteries in your controller so you could keep playing. So I understand, I get, like, it's a good thing that Microsoft has that. I still think there's a, I still think there's a better benefit to, like, the PlayStation's model of, of battery. Like, you don't have to invest any extra money into the controller just to be able to use it, which, unfortunately, with like Xbox, you know, you're not just paying sixty bucks for the controller; you're paying more, um, depending on what your level of investment is. Um, but the report, uh, it just—it's not even really a report. It's just Microsoft saying, like, "Hey, um, we did this. We intentionally so that Microsoft said we intentionally offer consumers choices in their battery solutions for our standard Xbox wireless controllers." Um, this includes the use of AA batteries from any brand, the Xbox rechargeable battery pack, charging solutions from our partners, or a USB-C cable that is, of course, in the newer models, uh, which can power the controller when plugged into console or PC. So, Kyle, do you have do you, do you land anywhere on this AA battery thing? Do you think it's annoying? Do you think it's a nice option? Do you think where, where do you fall on this whole thing? So for me, just because I'm not primarily an Xbox gamer, I almost hmm, I could count maybe on one hand the number of AA batteries I have in my house. Right, I have <laughs> basically none. So realistically, for me, as someone who doesn't use anything that needs AA batteries regularly, it is a bit annoying because I do typically end up buying a charge kit all the time when I buy an Xbox. Anytime I get a new Xbox or getting new controllers, that's just an additional thing I have to purchase. With that being said, I also buy a charge a charge stand for my PlayStation controller. Yeah. So it's really not that different. <laughs> you know, granted the charge station I wouldn't technically need because I could just plug it in, but you know, it is that is kind of is what it is in that sense. But in the end, do I think it's a big deal? I don't think it's a big deal. I think folks who are Xbox fans, whether they're using, you know, Eneloop batteries or whatever it is that are really awesome rechargeable batteries that last a really long time. I think for most people, this isn't a big deal either way. It, it tends to be kind of one of those, you know, low hanging fruits things that we're going to take a shot at, but really isn't that big of a deal no matter what. I think it is slightly interesting, though, that because for the Elite 2, you have to, it is internal battery, right? Like there's no way to use double A's in that. Correct. So I, I do find it interesting that they did that for that, but that they stuck with batteries for the standard controller. So I wonder what, and maybe the reasoning's out there and I've just never looked for it, 
But I do. I am curious what the reasoning or the logic behind that would be. Yeah. But overall, I think this is a non-story. <laughs> like, and even yeah. even if it was true that the reason that they had to have batteries was because they signed a batter a thing with Duracell. Who cares? Like, I even then I wouldn't care. Yeah. You know, like that's fine. It's yeah. not like their controllers aren't awesome. Yeah, just gives people something to be upset about is all it really right. does. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I would I would say, though, I think in the gaming, like, stratosphere, like, this is something that has always been around. People have always, like, kind of, I don't know if maybe it's question more than criticized, but it's always been a hot topic around Microsoft as to why they have never moved to the lithium-ion batteries. But, yeah, it is what it is. Absolutely. And there are, are there absolute benefits to using replaceable batteries like this for sure because eventually you know internal batteries are going to start to not be able to hold the same charge all that good stuff. I will say, I still have my original DualShock Four um, from my PlayStation Four that I originally got at release, uh, and you know their charge isn't stellar. But they still, it's not like I'm, you know, gaming for 30 minutes and the things are dying. I, I have never had one die during a typical gaming session. Uh, but I also, I think, game more often but less long than most people. Yeah. You know, I, I am very much a, you know, 90 minute a night person, not a eight hour sit down <laughs> and, and just jam something out person on a Saturday. So well, how many hours do you have into AC Valhalla? <laughs> 80 <laughs> so there's definitely have, been some I've, long sessions <laughs> not i mean if you think about when that game came out till now that's i can't do the math but i'll take your word for it <laughs> uh but i actually you know side note uh i have moved on i'm counting that game as done i saw that yes so i don't it's not actually done but i have done finished the main story so i'm counting it as done uh and i actually started and finished the pathless already <laughs> Well, you already finished so, it. Nice. Yeah, because that game's like six hours, so you know, no big deal. But that was it. Was actually really nice to sit down and in like three days finish a game, <laughs> compared to what felt like three months. But anyway, <laughs> I, yeah, I, this is just not a big deal to me. The, honestly, the only thing I'd be really interested in knowing is why they decided to go with uh, an internal battery on the Elite. Yeah, that's the only thing I'd be interested to know what that rationale was. Yeah, that's actually a good question. So. Cool. Anything else about uh, Microsoft of batteries? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So my first topic, uh, Superdata has released a free report that you can get about 2020 year in review for digital games and interactive media. So if you go to their website, you can request the report. You do have to fill out a form oh. and it asks you like, what business do you work for? What is your position? All of these things. So I put myself as like gaming enthusiast and like self or something like that because I was like, I don't know. Uh, but it is free. It doesn't cost you anything. But then it said they give you a nice little PDF of kind of a recap of 2020 in video games from a business perspective. Mm. So Josh, we're just going to talk about a couple of the highlights. We're not going to go through everything in here because it's actually a reasonably long report with some fun information but i want to just hit a couple highlights uh and get your thoughts on them so josh here's my first question for you digital game revenue in 2020 premium console revenue was 17.8 billion dollars for digital games okay what do you guess the digital game revenue was for mobile games. <laughs> Can you just add a hundred billion to that? I don't know. Is it like is it like fifty billion dollars? <laughs> digital game revenue, twenty twenty for mobile games, seventy three point eight billion dollars. <sighs> oh my god! What would so this world this do without mobile gaming? <laughs> on our show, 
we talked so much about console games and the premium console experience. And that whole area generated $17.8 billion in revenue compared to 73.8 for mobile games. Josh, what are we doing wrong? I mean, this really plays into people's fears of having technology at your fingertips, right? I How many of those people regret the purchases they made just because all they had to do was click a button on their phone? Like, I have certainly been there before. Or like, I, you know, you don't get the time to second guess it. It's not a purchase that you're going... Uh, I'll come back and look at it next week. You're like, hey, I'm in the mood to crush candies right now. And I'm out of lives. And I can buy five for a dollar. And I can keep going. I, I get it. Like, uh, I was a victim of that when I was playing Star Wars Force Collection. The, the um, When I was playing the Star Wars Force Collection, which actually closed, I was working at Lowe's. I was in um, whatever Slack before Discord Slack. I was in Slack rooms uh, for selling and trading accounts and cards for that game. I would spend a hundred bucks a week on packs. Whoa! Digitally, but then I would sell them for four hundred bucks. Well, there you go. Not always, though. You know, it's a gamble. (laughs) But like, that's how bad it was, and it was like me. And like four guys in my immediate work circle that we all played, we all traded, we all sold. And it was insane. And then I like I sold my account before I got married. I sold my whole gaming account. I got like a thousand dollars for it. And Dang. then I just and then I just started playing again for free. And I was like, I'm not gonna put any money in this time. And then I still sold it for two hundred bucks and I was done with that. <laughs> like <laughs> I get, I get it. I bend down that thing, but I also can see how dangerous it was because if I had a kid and I was spending a hundred bucks a week. That's a problem, probably, <laughs> depending on my right. job. Like I'm sure there's people out there who can do that. Um, but I definitely see where that market is, and I I think that was when the market was young compared to like what it is now. Like, at, there was like a one point where Clash of Clans they were making a million dollars a day, and in in purchase like DLCs, whatever you want to call it, microtransactions. So that number scares me, but it's also pretty close-ish to what I was thinking. (laughs) Right. Well, here's some more interesting news, Josh. Free-to-play games across everything earned 78% of digital revenue in 2020. Yeah. But premium title revenue grew faster, 28% versus 9%. Do you know what they consider premium... $60 AAA PlayStation exclusive. A physical, like console, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, like, or, or yeah, like any, basically, like any $60, Mm. you know, in the day experience is going to be considered a premium PC, a premium console game. Yeah. So, 78% of digital revenue was, or 78% of digital revenue was free to play games. However, North America and Europe together accounted for 84% of all premium game revenue. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can kind of see why EA comes out as the villain because they probably saw these numbers and was like, and we're like we need to put microtransactions in every game that we have. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's just so interesting that thinking about, you know, of all of that premium market, which obviously is much smaller than mobile, more than three quarters of it is from North America and Europe. So yeah. premium games are only selling in this part of the world. 
premium games are not selling. No, it's all elsewhere. it's going to be mobile games in the Western countries, right? Right. Or, country, or countries. Eastern, depending, East, yeah, Eastern, depending on if sorry, you want to be yeah, Eurocentric Eastern. about it or not. So, But here is the interesting thing, or another interesting thing. I say that a lot. I always say, like, hey, this is interesting. Better but, than saying um and uh all the time like I do. <laughs> uh, the free-to-play segment continues to thrive in Asia. Asia generated 59% of total worldwide free-to-play earnings. Wow. So not only are they buying the free to play game, the paying for you know the re- the add-ons and free to play. That's also where those games are being made. So Josh, here are the top ten free to play titles in 2020, going down from ten to one. Okay. Just after I read them, just tell me whether or not you've heard of this game. Okay. <laughs> oh, sure. Number ten, Dungeon Fighter Online. Yes. Number nine, Gardenscapes New Acres. Uh huh. Yes. Number eight, AFK Arena. Yeah. Number seven, Candy Crush Saga. I've played that one. Yeah, the next couple are, yeah. <laughs> number six is League of Legends. Yeah. And number five is Pokemon Go. Okay. Number four, Free Fire. Mm, yes, but only because I have a Samsung phone now and it's constantly featured in the marketplace. <laughs> number three, Roblox. Yes. Number two, Peacekeeper Elite. No... No. Number w- <laughs> number one, Honor of Kings. Yes. So, okay, you're well, much more well-versed than I am because I knew like three of these games. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played a lot of them, but they're definitely things I see like ads pop up all the time. But I just opening my marketplace in Samsung. Number one, Pokemon Go. Number two, Free Fire. Number three, Gardenscapes. Number four, Candy Crush. Five, PUBG Mobile. And six Lords Mobile, so like they already got what four of those games like right yeah, off absolutely. on their marketplace, and there are things that pop up like immediately, and then the rest of them you like we probably collectively would have never heard of. <laughs> yeah, uh, Niantic Pokemon Go grew thirty nine percent year over year. Okay, so that's pretty impressive. But also, Roblox has surpassed Fortnite. <sighs> that's interesting. Well, maybe. Maybe because there's more a new generation of kids going into games, like there's more of them because their parents are also gamers. Right. Because Josh, Fortnite was not even on the top ten. That's interesting. Is it because yeah. of the battle pass, do you think? They here's the set of the funny however you want to look at it. Fortnite still made over one billion dollars, but it does not crack the top ten. Which is that yeah, that in itself is insane. <laughs> Yeah, because number 10, Dungeon Fighter Online, made $1.41 billion. Wow. And that, Honor, of uh, Kings and Pe- Honor of Kings, number one, made $2.45 billion. And then Peacekeeper Elite, number two, made $2.32 billion. And if you want to know why Tencent is buying everything, it's because Tencent is the publisher of both of those games. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to look it up, I think something that bugs me is I'm going to look at Honor of Kings because there's no way it's not in this, unless it's an Apple thing. Honor of Kings. I think there's these games, and you might have seen them too. It really bugs me because I know, like, at some point my kid is going to have a phone. It looks like it might be an Apple thing because it's not on the Google Play Store or the Android, uh, Google Galaxy Store. Galaxy Store. They have these games where they're, like, over, like, I'm playing Yahtzee. Right? I play Yahtzee a lot mm-hmm. on my phone. I get an ad, and it's like, the king's something. 
And it literally shows a king walking into a prison and there's imprisoned women. And they're like, they're like, who do you choose to free? And one's like, I'll do anything for you. C cup. And then it gives positives and negatives. And the other one's like, A cup, I, I resist. And I'm like, this is what you're advertising to people playing Yahtzee. Yeah. There's, I play one free-to-play game pretty regularly. That's Disney Sorcerer's Arena. And even in that, some of the ads, I'm like, are you kidding me? Just, yeah, you know, it'll be a woman who is, I don't even remember the game, and the game has nothing to even do with the premise of what's going on, but it'll be a woman whose boyfriend is cheating on her. And she's like, what did I do? Why doesn't he love me yeah. anymore? I'm not good enough. And I was like, what is this? The weird shower ad, right? Right. It's like, what? So there's a game on, okay, there's a game called Game of Sultans. I kept getting this ad. So I thought, you know what I was going to do? I was going to, and I'm going to sound guilty, like I wanted to play it, but I was like, I'm going to install this and see what the deal is. Um, Because it shows like gameplay that looks like Age of Empires, like you have Mm -hmm. armies battling each other. But it also shows like, uh, what does it say? Like, uh, uh, establish a harem of beautiful, mysterious, and influential women. So I'm like, okay, interesting. So you start to play it, and, like, the gameplay is minimum, and everything else is asking you to spend more money to unlock these women. So, like, it just seems, I guess, gross in that aspect of, like, where people are making this money, where they're just trying to, like, bait people into essentially the adult version of games. I don't want to, I don't want to name drop anything, but you probably, people can probably guess <laughs> like right. what I'm talking about. But it's like when I was a kid and my dad bought leisure suit, Larry at like the, like, and I was like, he is like, you can't play this. You're too young. And then all you want to do is play it. But now kids, as long as they have a phone, they have access to, to do that stuff. And I don't know. It just seems it's off putting for me for that to, to hide a game around that like theme, like, Hey, we're going to let this free to play game come out and we're going to let these kids buy it in hopes that they can get women to take their clothes off or that they can treat women badly. Right. Like one of them was like, send the send her, She's disagreeable. Send her back to prison or bring her to your bed chamber. That's in the ad. And I'm like, gross. <laughs> like, yeah, in these mobile games, you get paid DLC where you can be bad to women. <laughs> like, yep. yep, indeed. So, again, that was mobile and free-to-play. But, Josh, we do have premium games to talk about very, very briefly. Yes. I already mentioned that the premium market increased by 28%, so that's good. Here are the top 10 premium titles of 2020. Number 10, which actually really surprised me, Doom Eternal. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Number nine, Sims 4. Um, that seems low for The Sims. <laughs> Number eight, Cyberpunk 2077. Really? Number seven, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Okay. Number six, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Is this just sales Number numbers or this is also like premium content? So this is just, I believe, the price to pay the game. To play? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I will read more in a second here. That will probably tell us more, but I think that's okay. just what it is. Uh, number five, NBA 2K20. Yeah. Number four, NBA 2K21. Oh, wow. I wasn't even <laughs> tracking that that was a year old game. Yeah. Number three, Grand Theft Auto 5. Which is insane. 
10-year-old <laughs> game. Number two, FIFA 20. Uh, and okay. number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So FIFA 21 didn't even crack the charts, huh? No, it uh, did not. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Okay, so that includes um, uh, Warzone. That one does, okay. yeah. And it does give a specific note here saying that Warzone earnings are included with Call of Duty Modern Warfare because the Warzone mode exists as part of the Modern Warfare game yeah. client. Okay. Which puts Modern Warfare head and shoulders even above FIFA 20. Uh, 1.913 million. So, like, yeah, I mean, really just over a billion dollars. Um, and FIFA is a billion dollars. Uh, and then Grand Theft Auto 5 is 911 million. Which is, I would love to see the numbers on the life of Grand Theft Auto 5. They just put out new content. Right. <laughs> Important thing to keep in mind here that the number 10, again, mobile game was 1.41 billion. Yeah. And the number two premium title <laughs> is just barely over a billion dollars. Yeah. And realistically, the only reason Modern Warfare is so high is because of all of the Warzone. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Which is ostensibly should probably be in the free to play area. Yeah, because it's also including current because Call of Duty with it. Yeah, they spin it, spun it out now and it's doing its own yeah. thing. Yeah. Here's one thing that I thought thought-provoking, though. The top 10 premium titles, so these 10 I just talked about, account for 34% of total premium market earnings. So these 10 games are a third of all the revenue that was generated wow. through premium games. Whereas the top 10 free-to-play titles only account for 19%. I mean, I'm going to... It's crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna open every game. So every mobile game I have, I'm just used to it now. But you're like berated with um, pop ups to buy things. Yeah, I'm gonna open Yahtzee right now. Okay, I'm just gonna tell you what the first pop up is. All right, so the first pop up is Victory Rush. So I, I was assuming something different was gonna happen. But if I go to store. The first thing right smack down in front of you is a $10 purchase, but right below it, $100 yeah. for 380 bonus rolls. That's it. Yeah. You don't get anything else. It's just 26% more. It's called a dump truck of bonus rolls. Uh, you it's could just fit, to roll dice. It's called a dump truck of bonus rolls. You could fit. How many dice could you fit in a dump truck? This is misleading. <laughs> that is misleading because it'd be way more than 100 a hundred dollars for Yahtzee, and yep. yeah, and you know, uh, uh, you see in the news all the time these people who accident their kids accidentally uh, spend this money. They don't always get that money back either. So right. imagine just how, if you don't put that parental setting on your phone, how easily your kid could spend a thousand dollars on Yahtzee just because they don't know what they're clicking. <laughs> Well, and that is, I think, one of the things that is so frustrating to me. Because, like I said, I play Disney Sorcerer's Arena, which the oh man, the microtransactions are horrendous. Yeah. It is so bad in this game; it's not even funny. And I haven't spent any money on the game yet. Uh, but for instance, I'm just gonna look really quick. The first one that shows up is forty nine ninety nine. That's the first microtransaction in the store, and it's for a Jafar bundle, so you can like unlock jafar okay that's cool so 50 bucks for a character that's exciting right <laughs> um they have these premium bundles that they sell sometimes and i'm not gonna be able to find one probably really quick here that are 100 bucks and in them 
so typically in the premium bundles, you'll have a set amount that you will get, that you'll get a certain number of character tokens so you can unlock these characters. But they sell other bundles where you'll get anywhere from like eight to 330 character tokens. Yeah, it's ran. It's but a you draw. don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you have no idea until you buy the thing how many you're going to get. Yeah. And it's just, oh, it's so gross. <laughs> it just feels so crappy. But anyway, I just thought that was a fun little thing to kind of look at some of this data, look yeah. at some of the things and the games that we're passionate about. And being such, you know, console and you a little bit PC focused, it, it really is mind boggling for me to think about how small of a piece of pie console gaming really is. Right. Yeah. When- it just is, it is a dro- literal drop in the bucket in comparison to what mobile gaming brings in for companies. It also shows you the power of making uh, something available to everyone, like just legitimately anyone. So something that these gaming companies like strive to do, right? Like mobile got it. They figured it out. (laughs) And just even the news that like Fortnite, not a top 10 free to play game. Yeah. Which is crazy. Doesn't even make enough money to be in the top 10 mind-blowing yeah absolutely mind-blowing but anyway that's it for topic one for me josh what is your second topic hey my topic number two a game i haven't played is getting a board game (laughs) (laughs) uh this kind of made i think a big pretty big splash i think uh slay the spire is a video game that almost everyone in the board game industry has now played um at least in my circle of board game insiders I follow. Slay the Spire really hit around April of last year when everyone was kind of stuck at home. Um, people just started talking about it all of a sudden. Um, all these huge game designers were playing it. And uh, yeah, so now it's coming out. It's being turned into a board game. It's coming to Kickstarter in the spring. Uh, it's being uh, made by a company called Contention Games. They've only ever made one other game. It's called Imperium The Contention, which has their own name in the title of the game. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, or if it's neither. Um, it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's going to be a deck building and customizing game, which is what this video game is, apparently. I couldn't tell you, but, you know, I'll probably play it before the Kickstarter comes out so I can decide if I like it. Uh, I mean, it's available on every platform I own, and I think you own it on at least two of them. Or <laughs> um, So we don't really know too much about uh, what they're going to do. Uh, we do know it's going to be cooperative. It's going to be one to four players. Um, but uh, uh, what is interesting to note is that the the game, the physic, the video game is not cooperative. So it'll be interesting to see how they adapt that to the board game world. Uh, but yeah, uh, just a quick, I just wanted to mention it. I was going between this and the PlayStation five customized debacle. And I figured, uh, play some video games or PSVG prime will cover that just fine. <laughs> uh, but if you're interested in checking out Slay the Spire, it was on sale on PC for half off. I'm not sure if it still is. Um, and it's on iOS and, um, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, and I believe it's coming to Android soon. So keep your eyes out. I know we have, I think Schplag might have been the one who originally told us that this was happening. Uh, super fan, super fan, <laughs> super listener. I don't want to say super fan. That implies we're famous. Uh, he is a super fan of Slay the Spire, though. Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. Super listener for us and super fan of the game. 
So, um, in fact, I think he's told me multiple times, as well as you, that I need to play this game. So, you should play this game. Uh, I haven't picked. Up, I haven't started another game since I finished Cyberpunk. And how long has it been? Like a week and a half now. It just shows. Have you played any video games? I'm playing Xenoblade Chronicles still, but yeah, oh, I haven't okay. really played much. So maybe I'll I'll bump Slay the Spire up on my list. You should. It's great. Are you excited to get? Are you? Is this an insta back for you? Is this a? Where are you at on this? Mm, it's hard for me to insta back because, as you said, the company's <laughs> only ever done one other game. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always a, a little bit of a point of contention for me when it comes to Kickstarters. But I did sign up to be notified of when the Kickstarter goes live. I will definitely be interested in checking it out. Uh, and I'll have to do a little more research on their previous game because I'm assuming that was a Kickstarter as well for Imperium. The Contention. yeah, I don't know. I do. I do know they sell it on their on their site now. <laughs> this might be a sign that it's two to six players. The time is thirty to one hundred and twenty minutes. <laughs> That's a pretty um, uh, open time. Like usually, it's more concise. Like like maybe. <laughs> 90 to 120 minutes or right <laughs> 30 to 60 minutes so uh 14 plus there isn't a solo mode in the in the deluxe edition um it appears to be a uh i don't even know what type of game this is uh it's hard to tell by the board uh it looks like um forbidden desert but i don't, I, I really doubt that that's how it's played but the board is like laid out similarly. It is a bit interesting because the if you go to buy the game, it's on GameFound. Oh, really? Now, it, I will say the uh, Slay the Spire does say coming to Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, late pledge. Yeah, yeah it was so a kick. It was a Kickstarter, and they have the late pledge on GameFound. Yep. But the MSRP is listed. At fifty dollars on their website, but if you click order now, it's sixty four dollars. <laughs> yeah, all great signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like a Kickstarter version. Uh, while I talk about my next story, yeah. you should look up and see how much this um, raised on Kickstarter. Yes, I will do that. Uh, okay, I have to. <laughs> right, let me. Uh... I don't want to be a mess, but I'm already a mess. I'm like, let me mute my mic as I'm already talking over you. <laughs> <laughs> if you just type, it's fine. If you don't talk, but when you talk and type, there's not yeah. much. I, I realized that I was, I was a mess. <laughs> All right, so I'll let you look at that while I start my second topic here. Uh, which, hey, you know, if you are looking to potentially make an investment, now might be an excellent time to open that wallet. This is from the fine folks over at ICV2, who we use often, so go show them some love. But a high-grade Magic the Gathering Beta Edition Black Lotus card is going to be coming up for auction here in January. Now, listener, if you're not someone who plays a lot of board games or is not super familiar with Magic... Uh, some of these old cards from Alpha and Beta are worth quite a bit of money. Um, and Heritage Auctions has announced that it will auction off a Beckett Grading Services 9.5 graded Magic the Gathering Beta Edition Black Lotus at the Comics and Comic Art Signature Auction January 14th to the 17th in Dallas, Texas. Now, the, uh, the Beta Black Lotus, this is again continuing from the story on ICV2, 
is one of the most prized magic cards in existence. Classically, the beta Black Lotus has been more sought after than the Alpha Black Lotus until recently because the Alpha version has more rounded corners than standard magic cards, thus making it illegal in vintage tournament play. So, in general, Black Lotus, really tough to find card, extremely valuable. Um, and I just want to bring up some more recent Black Lotus sales. And then Josh and I are going to try to guess how much this Black Lotus is going to sell for. So back in 2019, um, a Black Lotus that was also a 9.5 rated Black Lotus sold for $166,100. Mm. And just in 2020, a PSA or a PSA 10, so not a Beckett rated 10, but a PSA 10, uh, Black Lotus sold for $250,000. So Josh, number one, if you had, I don't want to say unlimited money, but enough money where you could buy a uh, magic card for $250,000, would you ever buy like a singular card like this for that much money? And two... How much do you think this card's going to go for in this auction that's coming up this weekend? I would never buy a singular card of anything uh, <laughs> okay. for that much money. Um, and I would ha- unless I had unlimited money. Maybe maybe then. Um, uh, how much would this one go? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you can't even say we're in a recession because it's worse than that. Uh, I can't imagine it going for over $100,000, but who knows? Yeah, I... Hmm. Like I said, the one that sold in 2019 that was a 9.5 rated uh, was a alpha card, not a beta yeah. card. Uh, so that is a little bit different. Though what is very interesting about that is there were cards earlier in 2019 that didn't even sell for $100,000. So the fact that that one went for 166 was super, super odd. And then again, this one selling in 2020 for 250000 was a higher rated quality card. Yeah. Uh, it was a PSA 10. Uh, I think they assume there's only about 10 actual PSA 10s that exist. Yeah. That there's only, you know, about 10 of them that are probably in perfect condition. Uh, so do you you don't think this one's even going to get 100000 right now? I just, uh, I mean, I think it could get more, but I just, I'm just trying to put myself in the mindset of people currently. I mean, I get it that typically like this this oh i mean typically it's rich people buying these things but yeah i think even at this point rich people are suffering a little bit maybe not as much as i think um but i'm 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 going to try to just i'm going to downplay it in case we can we end up making this competitive guessing thing <laughs> oh it wasn't going to be a competitive guessing <laughs> thing at all i just thought for fun <laughs> i hmm. I think this is going to go for more than the last one. Really? I don't know why. It just seems that there are some people who really like spending money on things like a magic card that's super old and super rare. So they want to spend a whole bunch of money on it. Yeah. And I, I think it really is the whole idea of just getting stuff. And this is a stuff thing that is really rare. That would be really hard for other people to get. And magic is still super popular. Obviously, who knows? I'm not saying this is a good investment. That right. I would recommend this investment if I was someone who, you know, help people manage their money. 
but I could see someone with money to burn. You know, Elon Musk, he's now the richest person in the yeah. world. Maybe he's super into Magic the Gathering. <laughs> he probably I could is. <laughs> see Elon Musk buying this card for, you know, $175,000 yeah. or something like that. I could totally see that happening. Uh, but we'll see. I'll be all going to check out and see kind of how much this goes for. But, you know, just for all of you out there who, you know, have some CCG cards of any type. Mm. You know, if they don't take up a lot of room, not always a bad idea just to hold on to them because who knows what will happen in 20 years. Right. No kidding, huh? Awesome, Josh. What is your third story this week? Let me give you an Imperium update. Oh, yes. On the Kickstarter page. Well, first of all, it's very proudly funded in three days, right? That's that's good. That is good. Uh, it's to back it, it was 44 bucks for the basic, $59 for the deluxe edition. On a goal of $10,000, it made $26,000. It was expected to fulfill in February 2020. And it hasn't fulfilled yet. Okay. And they announced now, a new game. Yeah. But most Kickstarters that were supposed to be fulfilled in 2020 have not. This was February. Yeah. I'm just saying, it doesn't look great. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I, <laughs> I'm trying I, to I, yeah. make, I'm trying to err on the side of caution for a first time. Kickstarter developer who is fulfilling a year late, even right. in the times of COVID. I still got, I still got my title blades. <laughs> a year late. Yeah, it was a year late, but it was also <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too cautious, but I don't think you are. For them ha- having yet to fulfill their first game, I would also be very cautious about backing. Slay the Spire, even though I'm very excited about it. Now, maybe we'll get lucky, and as that game is launching with the Kickstarter, they'll be fulfilling their other game, and then I would be a little less hesitant. But until they fulfill that first game, it definitely is a I-don't-know I, I yeah, decision for me. They also have almost no comments on every single one of their updates. I think t- like uh, only one went above 10 comments, and that was back in June of last year. Uh, every every other comment has been under ten comment. Every update has had under ten comments. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. If it's just people aren't active with the campaign, or if people just are are fine waiting. Um, but the most recent one was them saying that they were happy they waited to announce the new game until the games were on the boat, which was like <laughs> the second to last update. So who knows? So theoretically, that game should be fulfilling soon then. It, yeah, it looks like, um, well, the last update is Slay the Spire, but uh, the update before that is from December 10th. The games are on the boats. They're on track for delivery mid-January to February. Yep, that would make sense because they would probably be getting to port about now. Yeah, I'm going through customs. it's been blah, about blah, a blah, month. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so uh, there you go. So maybe... We're in good hands. Maybe good to go then. Maybe it not. sounds like they are going to fulfill that, so that's great. Yes. Fulfilling, very important. All right, my topic number three. We can probably also make this a quickie. Uh, the collect- the collector's edition we deserve, as I, for some reason, wrote. Um, I didn't know about this until this morning, actually. Um, when I was watching a YouTube video from Tantrum House where they cover the second half of the year Kickstarters. And we have from Bezier Games... The Castles of Mad King Ludwig Collector's Edition. Now, this is a game I love. Um, This is a one-to-four-player game. However, this uh, 
Kickstarter includes, uh, I think, three expansions. I think two old and one new, if I'm not mistaken, which now you can play up to five players. The pieces are four times bigger. The art is all new. It comes with game trays, inserts. Um, One of the expansions is like um, a river or like water, like a moat or something. I didn't even know that existed, which makes me excited. Um, so the Kickstarter campaign, uh, it features four expansions, two of which are new game trays, a 3d tower, uh, uh, sorry, 3d tower minis. Um, all the arc has been changed. There's an expansion to five players. There's, you can do the deluxified edition, which gets you metal coins, um, and poker chips, kind of like a chip theory game to give you some weight. Uh, there's also 3D printed swan tiles I saw in the video. Um, and yeah, you can get bigger castles, uh, four times larger tiles, as I said earlier, uh, a unique scoreboard. Uh, it just looks super cool. Uh, it comes out January 19th. Um, I think this is a game, while well, it's in our ratings of games, right? We I, I threw this on our rating scale. You did. Um, this is a game I really, really enjoy. And from the looks of this um, deluxified edition, I might have to uh, stimulize this one, <laughs> if, you, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's exciting, and I, I would happily... You know what? I would happily add this to my collection and um, pass down to someone my current version so they could play this game because I think it's like a criminally underplayed game. So here's my question for you. How much are you uh, willing to pay for this? I know that's the big question, right? I've been asking myself that question. Um, I think this is one of those things where I'm going to see the deluxe edition and it's going to be either that or nothing. So um, I think my number is 120. I don't think I'd go over that. This looks incredible. <laughs> Based off of everything that is in there, I think you're not going to have any issues hitting that 120. Right. That's what I'm worried about. But but I'm I'm also thinking of these games that we both have coming that we've paid <laughs> over that. Like, I don't know that I want to keep adding. I don't want my board game collection to be $100 plus games. Um, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I feel like that comes with um, guilt about not playing them as much. Agreed. And I don't want 100%. that to happen. So uh, maybe, you know, if if I can get in where I'm comfortable, maybe I have to pass on this. It would really kill me because I'm really excited for this. But uh, there's been a lot of games that I just haven't backed that I really, really, really wanted because of price point. Um, and I keep thinking about how we could have backed Metal Gear. and Where would we be right now? Oh my goodness gracious! Where would I got to? I got to email Emerson to see what's going on. (laughs) So yeah, an update on that game would be pretty great, you know. Yep, yep. So yeah, what do you think? Where Where do you stand on Deluxified Mad King? (laughs) This looks awesome. The box and just kind of how they have it laid out there reminds me a lot of Foundations of Rome. Yes. Uh, and that box is already going to be huge, and I don't know where it's going to go, so I'm running out of space desperately uh, in my board game area. I like this game. I would definitely be interested in potentially backing this game, but yes, if I did it, I would then get rid of my current version of the game. Uh, but it's going to really be price point for me, and honestly, like it'd have to be under 100 bucks, and I just don't see that happening. Yeah. 
Yep, I hear you. Bezier games are like, I don't want to say notorious in a bad way, but they're notorious for having high price Kickstarters, uh, especially with like um, Werewolf Legacy and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not worth that price. Uh, it just, you know, with where I'm at, I'm trying to be more responsible with money and things this year, especially with how expensive video games are now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it just, I don't know if that's going to be in, in the, in the cards, but we'll wait and see when it launches on nine, the January 19th. I did, you know, check the whole little notify me when it's launches. Me too. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Awesome. Anything else you want to say about, uh, deluxe Mad King Ludwig? It's a great game. If you find this at like a secondhand shop. And you can get the regular game. Get it, because it's a very good um, uh, underrated game, I think. It is a good game, indeed. All right, Josh, well, it's time. Metafall 2020 results are in. And, <laughs> you know, you may remember back in August, we did this episode where we made some predictions about the scores that we felt games were going to get on Metacritic, and we all of you were allowed to submit your scores as well. There will be prizes for the people who were closest, but we're going to go through the results. I'll talk about what you know, Josh and I guessed. We'll talk about what kind of winner, uh, crown a winner between Josh and myself, uh, but then we'll talk about the winner from the community. Uh, Josh, one thing that is very interesting before we get started is the winner from the community. Yeah, the person who won absolutely dominated wasn't even close like their score was basically half of second place wow do we know did they win before they have not won oh good that's even better that is a new winner yes uh they followed the same formula they have followed in the past because they're someone who's participated in the past okay (laughs) but it worked out very well for them and i will point out that formula uh when we get to it so i guess if we do this in the future and people want to try it uh, you can. It worked this time, but it has not worked for them before. So, with that, Josh, we were gonna. Do you remember the games even? I, you know, barely. I know okay, that Cyberpunk's gonna be the spoiler. That'll be the fun one. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one that really messed up. Well, the nice thing about that though is I actually, because obviously for this, as a reminder, we use the PS4 scores for any multi-platform. Game. Yes. And obviously, the PC score of Cyberpunk is extremely different than the ps4 score yeah. but because everyone who submitted guesses for cyberpunk score like basically everyone was within about five points of each other oh, okay so realistically so i actually did the math whether we had used the pc score or used the ps4 score it didn't change the results <laughs> nobody way. guessed cyberpunk would be at a 60 or whatever it's at. <laughs> exactly like everyone was well was yeah. like 93 94 yeah. 92 i think one person guessed like an 88 okay um so it really didn't matter. The only thing it did by using the PS4 scores, it just made everyone score worse, basically. <laughs> like, that was the only real yeah. thing it did. Uh, but yeah, it wouldn't have changed the results in any way, shape, or form. But we'll talk about that when we get there, because we're jumping ahead a little yes. bit. The first game on the list is a game that we talked about last week, because it was on Josh's favorite games of the year list. That is Marvel's Avengers. Yes. was the first game that was on the list. Now, Marvel's Avengers uh, came out September 4th. Definitely a game that was divisive. Mm. Uh, some people really love. Some people didn't love. Now, Josh, my favorite thing for you to do with this is I, I am pretty confident you don't go look at the scores. No, I so you don't know what it is. Scores, no. 
with your experience in playing the game, all of the information surrounding the game, yeah. what do you guess the Metacritic score was? Well, it's not my score for sure. It's definitely got to be lower than my score. It is lower than so your score. So if I had to guess Metacritic, I'm going to guess like 73, 74. Not too bad. The Metacritic score ended up being a 67. That's too low. <laughs> but that's what it is. <laughs> so, uh, Josh... You know, I'm supposed to call you the winner of Metafall 2020. Thank you. Uh, that's how you asked Please me, address me based on such. Google form. But uh, I'm sorry, that's not accurate. <laughs> so I'm not going to call you that. Uh, Josh guessed an 80. I guessed a 76. Oh, no. Not good The for game me. ended at a 67. Uh, you say that's too low, Josh. Do you think that's significantly too low? Do you think, you know, the low 70s is where it should be? What are your thoughts in hearing that score? I think that's hard. That's too low. I think that's pretty harsh on the... I'm going to assume that's incorporating the end game stuff and that this game wasn't necessarily sold on the end game. Like, I guess like you have to include it, right? But if you rate this game on the campaign, it's it's way above that for me, at least. And, and if you're already playing a superhero game, you also have to be in at that level at some point that you're playing. It's not like you watch a Marvel movie with your significant other. It's you bought a superhero <laughs> game. So like you should love this campaign. It's a, a very good, solid storytelling um, thing. And it was like 20 hour campaign. Like it was good. They put a lot of content in there. So 60s is just way for me. It's just too low for even like uh, I think it's just getting hit on some of its technical issues and its end game content. Do you think if this game had just been the campaign and nothing else, it would have scored higher than the 67? I think so, yeah. I mean, it would, it yeah. would have to have, yeah. I would agree with you there. So that was the first game. And, you know, I, I, there's a pretty solid running theme about the scores of these games <laughs> as, we, as we progress through the list. So moving on next, the next game on the list, do you remember what was next? No, I did I did remember Avengers would be first, though. Um, yeah, that's okay. Next game, uh, a little game that you and I actually played together. And hated playing together. <laughs> Star Wars Squadrons. Star Wars Squadrons <laughs> is the number two game. Came out October 2nd. Yeah. Josh guessed it was going to get an 85. I guessed it was going to get an 86. Oof. What is your <laughs> guess, Josh, to the actual Metacritic? It can't score? be that high, right? It's got to be like 72. Uh, it is higher than 72. It has sitting at a 79. Wow. So pretty solid score overall. Just below that eight, you know, just below the, the great area. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were both a little bit higher. You, I was a little higher than you, so you earned a point back there as far as our race. Uh, but what are your thoughts now on that game? You know, being some time removed, have you gone back to it? You know, do you think that 79 is appropriate? What are your thoughts? I need to go back to it. I need to put more time into the single player. Um, so I don't, I would even argue that I don't have enough information to give it a rating, um, based on what I played solo and what we played, like we tried, we tried our best to enjoy that we game. Um, and maybe if I completed the whole campaign, I would have been better. Or, you know, I, I don't really feel confident. And if I had to rate it, 30. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. No, but, but I. You rate a game just on one part. <laughs> I know people have been waiting for this game. And I, I know it is arguably a very good successor to X Wing. Uh, and or tie fighter and or versus so uh 
I, you know, I'm happy that it, it scored that high, but I just don't see it in that light yet. Awesome. The next game on the list was now again when i say this next statement keep in mind we're using the ps4 score of cyberpunk (laughs) the next game on the list is tied for the highest rated game in the competition okay all right i'll keep that in mind was it doom eternal guesses is what's that doom eternal doom eternal came back out in like march that was march oh i'm thinking of men of spring (laughs) (laughs) whoops so what do you think that game would have been? Well, I was going to say Doom Eternal. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, this game. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. What month are we in? It's th- it's an October release. It's an October release. Call of Duty? Crash Bandicoot 4. We put that on it's our list? about time. <laughs> that is on our list. Now, Josh, I've given you a, a little bit of a tee up here. Yeah. This is tied for the highest scoring game on the list. So what do you think the Metacritic is sitting at? Is it right an 86? It is an 85. Okay. Nice guess. Uh, You had predicted 83. Okay. I had predicted 84. Oh, my God. (laughs) So we're both right there. But 85 for Crash Bandicoot 4. I don't believe you've played it, correct? No, but, you know, I've considered getting it a few times. Um, But, no, I haven't haven't jumped on it. It was on sale on, like, like for 40 bucks on Black Friday. I I almost bit. I I have not gotten it either. I am very interested in playing it. But I hear it's extremely hard, and that's the only part that's kind of holding <laughs> that's me back. That's every Crash that Bandicoot. I... <laughs> <laughs> I know it's Crash Bandicoot. I know, but I'm old, and hard games are not a thing I super enjoy anymore. <laughs> but hearing this 85 sounds about right based off of the conversation about this game. I know that a lot of you know other podcasters I listen to and articles I've read, people really seem to enjoy this game. I think it really – I'd be – interested to know how it sold because it seems like it got slept on yeah i i don't know that a lot of people who are not in the press or or, or in some way an enthusiast have played this game and i think that's really too bad because i i wonder if this means this is a lot the last time we're gonna see crash bandicoot again for a while maybe i mean they have a lot sony has a lot of more th- well it's not just sony anymore but yeah i don't know it'll be interesting to see what they do yeah so i might pick it up um a sad side note, uh, Family Video is going out of business. Did you hear about this? I We don't have video stores here anymore, so no. <laughs> I know. Well, we have. And I actually worked at Family Video for a while, so they're going out of business now. Uh, the last thing you could rent things was on Wednesday. Uh, I should stop in my local one because they're like liquidating everything. And they have video games. So I should stop by yeah. and see if I can pick up something cheap because I would probably pick up Crash Bandicoot 4 if they had it for an inexpensive price. So. All right, but like I said, you guessed 83, I guessed 84, so we're right there at the 85 mark. Um, Not too bad overall. All right, Josh, the next game on the list, yeah. Do you have any guesses as to what it could be? It's one of the many games Ubisoft released this year. Immortals, Rise of Phoenix, Phoenix Rising? It is not, it's not that one. Oh, Valhalla? It is not that one either. Uh, it's the third game they released this fall. Oh, Watch Dogs Legion. Watch Dogs Legion, October 29th. Yeah. Ooh. What is your guess to the Metacritic score for Watch Dogs Legion? 74? Not too bad. Not too bad. It is a 70. Okay. I was going to guess closer you to guessed, 68. You guessed 87. Yeah, what a mistake. What a... S- <laughs> and I guessed 85, so we are oh, both good. mistaken there. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts? Watch Dogs Legion. Where's? I know you have not played it. I have not played it interested has the conversation around the game made you more or less interested what are your thoughts so i didn't like watchdogs one or two in fact i bought watchdogs mm-hmm. two last year to see if i would like it 
But for whatever reason, I keep hovering over the buy button for Watch Dogs Legion. I don't know why. I know you mentioned that last week. Yeah, I, I'm unsure of of my reasoning, um, but it still is appealing to me. I like the concept, um, but the review score doesn't help me want to buy it more. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I would say Kevin, Austin, and Devin are the two most vocal watchdogs people that i can think of and they didn't say anything about this game really like right. to like i know kevin did a review and i think it was pretty good but i didn't really hear this wasn't like as memorable as i remember them talking about watchdogs 2 which was all the time incessantly uh so <laughs> you know it didn't if they talked about it more and they loved it it might have pushed me to buy it but i just you know i just didn't hear that no i hear you there i'm kind of in the same boat one of the big critiques of the game that I've heard, which shouldn't be a big deal to me, but I guess for whatever reason for this kind of game is, is that since you are able to recruit anyone into your crew, everyone, including the very first character you start with, you have to be able to beat the game with. Okay, I got you. So nothing, everything seems the same. Like there's nothing that you don't ever really feel super powerful or super not powerful just because everyone has to be able to achieve the same goals of eventually finishing the game so it, it, it just you don't really invest in characters and that's what i love about games is characters like who is this person right because everyone has to be able to do everything it's like taylor swift says a friend to all is a friend to none wow <laughs> poet of our time taylor <laughs> swift awesome so watchdogs legion again josh had said 87 i had said 85 uh but it is a 70 um, so at this point, Josh, I am just slightly ahead of you in our running total as we okay. go. So just so you're aware. I'm aware. <laughs> All right. The next game is a game that you and I played together, Josh. The entire thing. Little Hope? The Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope, oh which came out October 30th. What is your guess? I have no clue what this scored. Um, And I feel like we would have both guessed low rating. We both did guess low. I'm going to get a 68. Josh, is it lower than a 68? No. Okay, good. This game has a 71. It is higher than Watch Dogs Legion and the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, you should have told me to brace myself, but I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. You had guessed a 65. Oh, my gosh. But Josh, I guessed 60. Good. <laughs> good. So, Yeah. Uh, that one hurt me quite a bit, but uh, we played this game together. I feel like we enjoyed it, right? Together, it's yeah. Together, it's a seventy-one. Individually, I think it's probably a fifty, right? <laughs> if we were to play it solo, uh, playing this solo, I think would be very, very rough. Uh, that because um, we obviously, you know, they do a nice job with this. That we saw the next game that is supposedly coming out this year. Yeah, and I think we both said that we would play it together again, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, you know, it's doing its job, right? No, it's not. We're we're enjoying it for each other's company. We're not enjoying it necessarily because it's a compelling narrative or it has great gameplay. Uh, it's a bad game. Um, it's like it's the mystery science theater of video games. But apparently better than Watch Dogs Legion and Marvel's Avengers. But I would not recommend playing this game solo. Yeah. Have to Would anyone. you recommend playing either of those games or Marvel's Adventures solo? I don't know. Oh, no. You know what? I did play it solo. So, yeah, campaign yeah. solo, 100%. End game solo, no way. Yeah. 
All right. So that was the next <laughs> game on the list. Okay. We have three remaining okay. because we know one is we'll cyberpunk. Talk about why we only have three <laughs> left uh, in a second here. But the next game on the list, mm. uh, I, I do want to give a clarifier here that there were some games, remember, when we did this, didn't have release dates yes. yet. So those are all at the end, even though some of them may have released sooner than other games we're going to talk about. This is based off the release dates we had when we started the contest. Yeah. So the next game on the list came out uh, November 17th, Josh. It is another Ubisoft game. Okay. I figured this one out. Which is? Uh, Mario vs. Cross Rabbids Kingdom Battle 2. Oh, I, I think that was a fever dream that you had for a desire for that game. Uh, but Assassin's Creed Valhalla, next game on the list. That's uh, November the 17th one. release. <laughs> uh, what do you think the Metacritic score for this one was? Uh, by all accounts, every, it is very highly regarded from everyone I see. That means nothing ratings-wise. Uh, I haven't heard too many terrible glitches except for some annoying ones. How about an 86? How's that sound? That would be a, exceptional if it was that, because that's what I guessed it would hmm. get. Uh, but it's sitting at an 80. Okay, that seems low. So I had guessed 86. You had guessed 88. Oh, gosh, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a game you have not jumped into yet, correct? I did start and I, ju- <laughs> I did start it and I was very excited for it to be, as they said, like the old Assassin's Creed games with less map clutter. And then I did the first island and yep. I couldn't barely see the island because <laughs> there was so <laughs> much map clutter. All they did was just change the color of the icons. Um, so I did that and then I stopped because I was like, oh boy, there's a lot to do. So uh, I'll get back to this. There was one point where I was doing a synchronization point and it's very interesting to me, the things that er- Erica, my partner has picked up when it comes to video games, because I was doing a synchronization point and she walked by, she's like, oh, are you playing Assassin's Creed? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, oh, I just remember you doing that in other games. (laughs) Like that action of synchronizing points in Assassin's Creed is something like she just is like, yep, that's what an Assassin's Creed game is. But after I was done syncing it, and this was, I was pretty far into the game at this point. uh, And, you know, you stop and everything new that one that pops up and you know yeah they don't have necessarily the icons but they have like all those colors now yeah and when you're synchronizing like you see them all up on in in the horizon and she goes do you have to go do all of those <laughs> things so like, well i mean those are all things i can go do but one th- thing i didn't talk about when i when i was discussing this game for my top 10 list josh and i think this might be a turnoff to some people is apparently I got a piece, a set of armor. I don't know if it was for pre-ordering the game or what it was, but a piece of a set of armor showed up in my inventory one day, like the second day I played the game, and it was super high level. I used that armor the entire game, really, because you're able to upgrade because it was already upgraded completely, so I could just keep add it. Like you upgrading it adds additional slots to it, and then you can basically like fill in those slots ostensibly um to like improve the stats so basically you upgrade it and that that allows you to finish upgrading it to actually have the stat things count so i used the exact same armor the entire game and then um i used probably my as my main weapon i got an axe maybe six hours into the game that i used then for the remaining 74 hours i played the game 
and I only used two different alter like offhand weapons. I used a flail for probably the first 50 hours, and then I used a hammer for the last 30 hours. And that's and then I used basically a bow that I got pff, 10 hours in is the same bow I used for the rest of the game. Wow. So realistically, after about 10 hours, I never got another piece of equipment that I used in the entire game. That's crazy. And I think that's going to be a turnoff for some people. It sounds like it, yeah. So it was interesting. It's not what I expected, but I had all the stuff in my inventory, and I'm like, I've already invested in upgrading all these things so much that, like, I mean, I have the resources to do it, but this stuff already works. So I just was had no interest in, like, figuring out how to, like, how do you use a spear to fight? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's fine. But, yeah. Anyway, so that's where it was, 80. You said 88. I said 86. I did. All right. Now on to the fun one, Josh. Little game that came out <laughs> originally on here that for the document is slated for November 19th. Yeah. We obviously know it came out December 10th, just before the end of the Meta Fall contest, that little old Cyberpunk 2077. Now, Josh, I know you love this game. I do. We're using the PS4 score, though, so keep that in mind. Yeah. What do you think the PS4 score for Cyberpunk 2077 is right now? I don't know. Now? It's like 54. I don't even know. That might be too high. It is 56. Okay. That was pretty close. 56. <laughs> now, Josh, you guessed that Cyberpunk was going to get a 96. In my heart, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess 92. But this is where like everyone fell apart because like that's 40 points for you right there. Yeah. Uh, the lowest person guessed was an 87. That was the oh, wow. lowest okay. guess was an 87. Uh, so that's where I said it. in the end it didn't matter because everyone was just so off for this game. Uh, but Josh, what are your thoughts? You know, 56. I know obviously you're playing not on PS4. You're playing on a next-gen console. Yeah. So I, I know that your glitches and, and the errors you've had have been a lot less. But do you think... Even with the knowledge of, of the challenges those consoles are having, do you think that's a fair score? Yeah, I actually do. It's a weird situation. I feel like I'm in because I'm enjoying it, and I feel like guilty about enjoying it. Um, I feel bad for people, and like I have to tell people not to buy it that I know that don't have next gen. Um, I think it's a terrible situation for those people, and terrible messaging. And uh, yeah, I just I'm just very happy. That I was able to enjoy it as much as I did, because I would be, I would be just as disappointed as everybody else, right? Like, there's no like, like way around that. Like, uh, I feel bad yeah. for them, and it sounds, I don't, it sounds condescending in my head, and I don't mean it to sound that way. I feel bad for the people who genuinely can't play a game they bought that I think mm -hmm. they would otherwise enjoy if it was running the way it was advertised. The thing. Oh. I'm always surprised that this was advertised at all as a current gen, yeah. current gen game. They, because they knew better. It, it so clearly does not work on the current gen consoles at all right now, or at at I shouldn't say at all at a at a rate that is seems reasonable, right? At a couple glitches here and there for an open world game are not you'd expect that, but like for how broken this game seems to be, uh, it, it's really surprising to me that this was advertised and advertised regularly. Uh, as a current gen game, and and I think, while I know it would have hurt them to push back the release day again, maybe they should have just released it on PC, uh, and said, "Hey, consoles, we're sorry, but you know it's going to be a 2021 release for consoles." Uh, obviously, we know they made all their money back after the first day, so I, I'm guessing that probably has some reason as to do why they did not push it back. 
But yeah, this score is, whew, I can't think of another or very many AAA games with this much hype that have been surrounded with this much anticipation that have come out and scored this low. And it just speaks to the different experiences and how drastically different the experiences are on PC compared to what those experiences are like on console. Uh, so hopefully they get all straightened out. Hopefully they get all figured out and we'll be able to enjoy Cyberpunk in all its glory for those of us who have it on a, a little bit of an older console. We own it on Xbox and I only have an Xbox One. I do not have you know a Series S or a Series X. So I'm not going to jump in until at least uh, I can get that awesome, cool next-gen experience. But we'll have to wait and see when that is. All right, Josh, the final game then that is going to be scored is a game we did not have a release date for when we did this, but we did include it because it was supposed to be a holiday release. Mm. And this is the other game that is tied for the highest (laughs) score for games that have released this fall that are part of the contest. So what game do you think that is, Josh? I'm trying to think of, do we own this game? We do own this game and we've both played it. Is it Sackboy? It is not Sackboy. It's Marvel Spider-Man Miles oh. Morales. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, y- yep. At the time we recorded, this was a quote-unquote holiday 2020 release, hmm. which has now obviously come out. Uh, obviously, I said it is tied for the highest score on here, so we already know that that score is an 85. But, Josh, do you remember what you guessed this game would get? Oh, I probably guessed it would get... Oh, you know what? I think I came across as a little down on it. I was going to say 90, but maybe I guess like an 85. Maybe you should have gone with what your original guess uh, said. 90? You did say you did guess 90. Okay. I'm the one who came out a little down on it. I said 80. <laughs> 80. <laughs> and we so we split the difference. It, it was an 85. Yeah. Obviously, like I said, a game that you've played, a game that I've played, it ended up on um, both of our top 10 yeah. lists, if I recall. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? 85, does that seem appropriate to you? Yeah, I think it's pretty I think it's a solid rating. I think I could see it. I could see it also sitting at either of our scores, to be honest with you. I think there's a pretty big swing there, but um uh, I, I could see it in the 80 to 90 range. Easy. Uh, yeah, no, I agree there. I think that's a solid score, a solid game. Really enjoyed the experience there. Uh, obviously, easy recommend uh, if you have a way to play the game. Uh, Josh, what question did I ask? And I'm going to break the fourth wall with the listener right now. Uh, <laughs> the whole time I was talking about Cyberpunk, Josh wasn't here, so he didn't hear any of the stuff I said. Uh, but one of the questions I asked about Cyberpunk, Josh, is can you think of another game? And obviously, the PC score aside. Can you think of another game that has been as anticipated and hyped that has come out with such a low score, no. a low review score? No, and in fact, the only game I could really compare it to is Assassin's Creed Unity, but the hype yeah. is not even close. But right. but Assassin's Creed Unity, compared to Cyberpunk, got a huge pass. Because <laughs> yeah, you couldn't even, at least you can play Cyberpunk, you mm. couldn't play Assassin's Creed Unity for a solid two and a half weeks after it came out. Yeah, there was that glitch right at the beginning where people couldn't couldn't even play the the game at the beginning. (laughs) So you couldn't even play it. Uh, And they were like, we're working to fix it. And I'm like, okay, why why work on shipping it? Like it's, so I think that's the only other game I can think of um, in the history that I've been a gamer that has ever come close to touching cyberpunk. Yeah. All right. So there were two more games that were supposed to be, <clears throat> on the in as part of the contest that we've guessed scores for that got pushed out of the release yes. window. Neither one of them has released yet, though one of them is supposed to release soon here. Josh, do you remember what those other two games One are? was Outriders. 
It is, which is now coming out in April. You know, it's almost April first. I almost used that <laughs> yep. as my story. <laughs> um, the medium. The medium was the okay. other one, which is due to come out January twenty eighth, twenty eighth. Yeah, one of those. I think twenty eighth. Yeah. So, those were the other two games that were supposed to be part of it. Obviously, they, neither one of them is. I will say, I did watch a video about Outriders just recently, though, that went kind of through and broke down all of the classes really specifically yeah. and talked about the abilities and the builds. Josh, I'm really excited for that game. I'm trying to uh, not get too excited, but I, I, I think know, it looks really good. It does look really good. Okay, Josh. So after covering all of those things, uh, final scores for you and I. Uh, Josh, your score was a 97. Oh, okay. Higher is bad. Lower is better. Yep, lower <laughs> is better. My score was a 90. Oof, you whooped me. <laughs> well, that brings us then to the winner of this year's contest. Josh, the winner's score... Keeping in mind the debacle with Cyberpunk, yeah, they got 34 points Whoa. from the Cyberpunk thing, is what they got from Cyberpunk. Oh. <laughs> Their final score, though, even in keeping in mind the 34 points they got from Cyberpunk, yeah. was a 47. Oh, my gosh. That winner, none other than the man, the myth, Don't the legend, Dat Ninja oh, okay. Dev. okay. I thought you were going to say it was Donnie. <laughs> like, oh, God. No, it was Dat Ninja <laughs> Dev who is the wow. winner with a 47. Second place, Josh, was an 81. Wow. Congrats to Dev. Dev absolutely crushed. Now, Dev has done the exact same thing every single time he has participated in this, in that he always guesses only whole numbers. Oh. 70, 80. I shouldn't say even whole numbers. Only tens. So 70, 80, 90 is what he always guesses. Because all numbers are whole numbers, unless you have I, I know. That's why I had to correct that. <laughs> but Josh, keep in mind, though, right? He always guesses 70, 80, 90. And if you look at our games... Marvel's Avengers 67, Star Wars Squadrons 79, Crash Bandicoot was an 85, but Watch Dogs 70, Dark Pictures 71, Assassin's Creed 80. Uh. Like everything for the most part was right there. And he got both Assassin's Creed Valhalla at 80 and Watch Dogs Legion at 70 exactly nice. right. Nice. Well, good news for us is we don't have to buy him anything because he only plays Destiny 2s and he owns it all. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dead Ninja Dev, you are the first place winner, absolutely crushing the competition. Uh, so, I will be reaching out to you soon. Obviously, we always do a second place prize. Uh, second place this year uh, is going to uh, Jason B. So, Jason, congratulations on that. You are the second place winner. Nice. Um, with a score of 81. So, you know, like I said, Dev cleaning house pretty hard there. But there's always a third place prize. Usually that third place prize would go to someone who got the most games exactly right, who has not already won a prize. Yeah. Dev is the only person who got any games exactly <laughs> right. But he's already won a prize, so he can't win this again. So I'm just going to give this to the third place winner is going to get the third the the prize that's usually for the most exact. So third place is going to Seth is the GOAT hey. with an 83 for his overall score. So congratulations to all of our winners. I will be in contact via the email you provided in your entrance form. It'll probably come from my personal email, so just be aware of that. It probably won't come from the Board with Vici email. I'm just as easier than when I get you your gift certificates if I do it from my email. So Congratulations, everyone who participated. Um, thank you for participating. Congrats to the winners. Um, this is a fun thing. Like I said, we're probably taking a spring off. We're going to do some sort of board game contest instead just because there's basically no release dates. And obviously, even those release dates we have are being changed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Outriders. Uh, but again, that was Metafall 2020. Nice. Congrats to all the winners. 
All right, Josh, we are getting to that point now where it's getting close to wrapping up the show. But prediction time, Josh, what's going to be announced on Monday prior to this release of our show on Tuesday? The medium is delayed. Ooh, that's what you did last week, too. We'll have to wait and see. I'm going to do it until the, until the game comes <laughs> until out. Until the game comes out. I'm going to do it until the game comes out. Uh, I am going with, we're going to get um, we're gonna get a Ratchet and Clank release date. Oh, I feel like you, I really felt the universe trying to make your prediction happen last week. I really <laughs> felt like, I was like, yeah. a, a Nintendo Direct is going to happen this week. Why do I feel that? <laughs> yeah, I, I was hoping. I was hoping. And... I, mean, I feel like all three of these companies got to be going soon. I really they have do. To, I right? think we're getting to that yeah, point. They have to. Oh, there, there's so many unknowns right now. And, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but Insomniac did like tweet some stuff about Ratchet and Clank last week. And they're like, ready to play this this year? Yeah. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping <laughs> oh, good. That this that year. Means... <laughs> I know. But, I'm going to uh, push. <laughs> so cool. All right, so with that, we are going to move on to our well-rounded life recommendations. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to leave you with one recommendation, suggestion, or thing we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners? So, I'm watching The Stand on CBS All Access. This is the new stand. Uh, I grew up when my parents were had read the book by Stephen King, and there was a TV miniseries on when I was younger, um, I only remember bits and pieces and fragments because either I was too young or I wasn't interested or both. Um, but I know it was pretty highly regarded um, at that point in time. So I kind of went into this only knowing two things about about the show, which I won't say in case you don't know anything about it. Um, but what I can tell you without spoiling the stand is... It could be a hard watch right now for some people. It 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 deals with I think um, they call it the Captain Trip virus. I believe is what they call it. And I, I could be way off on that, um, but essentially it kills ninety nine percent of the world's population. Um, it kind of does start off the same as Corona with coughing, um, but it definitely has a different type of. Um, mutation and uh essentially this is um the survivors uh there's not very many people left they start doing what you kind of see in any like armageddon-ish style film except uh a lot of these people well actually i think everyone has a shared style dream um but some of them have a shared dream of what you're uh, uh, led to believe is a good person, and some of them have a shared dream of what you are led to believe is a bad person. If you want to go biblical, it's like the devil and God, but it's not really that black and white. And it's kind of where how these people, and it's mainly, I think so far at least, it's only in the United States taking place, but it has a worldwide event. But the story is only being told in the United States so far. It's only been four episodes so far. It comes out every Thursday. Uh, so if you do have CBS All Access or you're considering getting it, um, you can wait till it's all out or you can kind of jump on the bandwagon now. But uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And I think it's very well produced. There's great actors and actresses in it. I know Amber Heard is 
potentially problematic right now, but she she does uh, she does feature in this show, so maybe that's a trigger warning for you if <laughs> you're not a big Amber Heard fan right now. Um, uh, it doesn't bother me, but it is it always is reminding me of current events when I see her. So it is a little bit of a distraction for me, but otherwise, um, solid, very good acting all around. Um, I highly, re- I highly recommend it if you have access to it. I'm not gonna go say spend sixty dollars on a yearly subscription to CBS All Access, but sixty bucks for a year, uh, that's pretty cheap. And uh, considering uh, the amount of content they have, if you want to watch like Star Trek Discovery or Picard or uh, Console Wars documentary, there's a lot to offer. Uh, if you have kids, it's great because it has a lot of kids TV shows. It has um, Nickelodeon uh, shows as well. So it's a lot to offer. But The Stand, that's my recommendation. Awesome. Uh, my recommendation is returning to my documentary train. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, and my, and my recommendation of documentaries is a little film on Hulu called The Painter and the Thief. Um. Uh, I'm going to give you a very brief premise of what this movie is about or this documentary is about. And this is all within like the first five minutes or 10 minutes of the movie. So I don't think it's super spoilery uh, because really it goes into so much more than this. But uh, the painter has some of her artwork on display at a gallery. It gets stolen. So she decides, you know what? They caught the person because of some videotape. I'm going to go to his trial and I'm going to talk to him. Mistake. And that is the premise of this documentary. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. So so it is about then the relationship that is developed as a result of that. Uh, It's really interesting. Uh, There were parts in it that were extremely emotional. Hmm. Um, And at the end, final, final scene of the documentary happens. And I say to my, and I say out loud, you've got to be kidding me. And then credits roll. So if that gives you any idea, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It is a very contemplative, uh, slow. It's a pretty quiet movie that it, it's just people talking. Yeah. Um. It, it's definitely not trying to. It's not one of those documentaries that's trying to tell you, hey, this is the way things should be, or there's this problem you need to that you need to be aware of. It very much is just talking about the relationship between these two people. Hmm. Um, and that's not going to work for everyone, but it really worked for me. Uh, so if you're into documentaries and that sounds like something that'd be interesting to kind of follow, check out The Painter on the Th- and The Thief on Hulu. Josh, what do we say we wrap the show up? Ooh, let's do that. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Uh, also, if you're not, oh boy. You know, I'm just tired. Uh, that's a lot I'm going to say. <laughs> also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. And we tag all of our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji. So please feel free to use that hashtag as well so we can search for you and see what you're posting. You guys have to have board games, right? After Christmas, we want to see what you're playing. Uh, whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at Why So Serious. And I am currently logging in to Twitch right now to change my Twitch handle (laughs) 
to Why So Serious as well. So you can also find me on Twitch at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. My goal at some point will be to help contribute. I just did two eyes again and I caught myself. Contribute to next week's stream at some point, whether it's in our 12-hour window or not. We have this great um, network of podcasters who really care about each other. And we've been very fortunate to only have one of us in that group come down with this terrible, awful thing. And I think it's very important that we try our best to help them. So even if I just go on Twitch and stream for three or four hours and get a $20 donation, it's better than me not doing that. So I'm going to do my best to get on there. And you can find me at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. And I'm going to click Update. And it works. It's a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Awesome. Find me there. Kyle, where can people find you? So, you can find me at all the usual (laughs) places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.